Thanks for tuning in to the Outcomes Rocket Podcast, where we chat with today's most successful and inspiring health leaders. Hey, I want to personally invite you to our first inaugural Healthcare Thinkathon. It's a conference at the Outcomes Rocket and the IU Center for Health Innovation and Implementation Sciences has teamed up on. We're going to put together silo-crushing practices just like we do here on the podcast, except it's going to be live. With inspiring keynotes and panelists to set the tone, we're conducting a meeting where you could be part of drafting the blueprint for the future of healthcare. That's right. You could be a founding member of this group of talented industry and practitioner leaders. Join me and 200 other inspiring health leaders for the first inaugural Healthcare Thinkathon. It's an event that you're not going to want to miss. And since there's only 200 tickets available, you're going to want to act soon. So how do you learn more? Just go to outcomesrocket.health/conference. For more details on how to attend, that's outcomesrocket.health/conference, and you'll be able to get all the info that you need on this amazing healthcare thinkathon. That's outcomesrocket.health/conference. Welcome back once again to the Outcomes Rocket Podcast. Today I have an outstanding guest for you. His name is Amin Zayani. He's out of Berlin, Germany. He's the CEO of Med. Angel. I mean, is a very interesting individual because he's a patient entrepreneur. He has lived with type 1 diabetes since 2006. He's a solar energy engineer by training and a hardware expert by trade. After a frustrating accident in 2013, when his insulin was frozen in a domestic refrigerator, he became discovered a massive flaw in the way that medications are stored and handled at home. And he decided to found MedAngel to solve that problem. Since then, he's received the Patient Entrepreneur Award by Novo Nordisk and Lifebulb in 2017. This award is given to patients that innovate technologies to make life exponentially better. He's currently leading a team of engineers, pharmacists, and designers to revolutionize the interaction of patient medication and bring peace of mind to everybody. And so what I want to do is give him a warm welcome and open up the microphone to fill in any of the gaps of that introduction. I mean, such a pleasure to have you on the podcast, my friend. Thank you, Saul. Thank you for having me. It's an honor to be uh, on this podcast. I'm a huge fan. I think uh, my bio does me more than justice. It's very flattering. Thank you so much. I wouldn't add anything except that I wouldn't be here without the outstanding work of my incredible team. Uh, This is not a one-man show. This is a teamwork, and uh, they deserve all the credit. I'm just here behind the mic. It's a team of operational people, business, finance, designers, uh, engineers, pharmacists, most importantly, our investors, angel investors and institutional investors. So they deserve all the credit. That's awesome. Now, for sure. uh, I mean, there's definitely no way we could do it without the help of an outstanding team. And your team is top notch over there. What is it that uh, obviously you you're a patient, right? You, you, You live with type one diabetes. What was that one thing that that got you to say, you know what, I'm going to get involved? It's pretty simple, but before I I'd really would like to uh, highlight that I don't like the term patient. So patient is for people who uh, go, let's say, to the hospital with a sickness. Uh, when you live with type 1 diabetes or other chronic conditions, you're a healthy individual who lives with, a, let's say, a health condition or a metabolic disorder. So it's uh, extremely important. I, I know it, it may sound a little bit too strict, but I, I think it's important that 
in this space and in this scene as uh, professionals, we should uh, push for this and advocate for this uh, language is extremely important. I think it's a good call out. I mean, it's a great call out. Thanks, thanks a lot. So to answer your question, how did I uh, decide to get in the medical sector? Well, two reasons. The first is when you get an autoimmune disease like type 1 diabetes, you don't have a choice. You have to become a a health uh, professional or expert of some sort to manage it, right? So type 1 diabetes is a a 24-7 condition and it requires real-time management. It's not an injection a week. It's really every bite you eat, it's every activity you do. So you have to, it's not like you have a choice. And the second trigger uh, for me to make it my full-time professional occupation is the frustrating accident I had in summer 2013. I woke up, measured my blood glucose, it was really high. I took a, a first shot to bring it down and it didn't work. And I first a couple, I took a couple of other shots. I took a new pen from the fridge, nothing worked. I ended up in the emergency room and I was so frustrated. At the end, everything was fine. So they sent me back home with a fresh batch of insulin and luckily I, I didn't get any complications, but I was really, really frustrated and I really wanted to know what went wrong here because if I, if I don't know the, the cause of the problem, it will happen again. Right. And it was a Saturday and, and uh, Saturday is a horrible day to have a medical emergency in Germany, probably in all uh, con- most countries in the world. So it was a really frustrating uh, situation. And to make a long story short, I started troubleshooting and I traced the problem um, to my fridge. My refrigerator froze my insulin. It's a fridge that freezes everything uh, during the night wow. when it's closed. And there was no way to find out. And I, I thought it was ridiculous. I thought that in the year 2013, it's really funny because the night before we were watching a recording of the NASA robot landing uh-huh. on Mars. So huh. the week after that, I thought it was ridiculous that I can see um, the landing of a robot on a foreign planet in real time but I don't know if my insulin is, is still effective or not in my refrigerator at home. So I, I thought it was uh, silly. It was ridiculous. And also to make a long story short, this became my, I decided to solve this problem because there was no solution on the market. And this is how MedAngel was born. And this is how I had to become an expert of some sort in uh, medical design and technology. Quite a story. I mean, and I appreciate you sharing that. And you're right. You know, we don't have to tolerate low standards. And I love that you stepped up. There wasn't a solution and you decided to build one. So maybe for the, for the sake of the listeners that don't know as much as you or I about your company, since you already had a, had a chance to educate me on it, what does MedAngel do? What are you guys focused on? Okay. Well, thanks for uh, asking this question. MedAngel is a very simple and elegant solution to a major problem. So what we do is uh, we give uh, medications or in the case of diabetes insulin, the ability to communicate and react with uh, people who use it. Insulin is the most important, my relationship with my insulin is the most important relationship in my life. Without it, I'm dead. But my insulin does not communicate with me. So I'm the guy who does all the work here. So it's a dysfunctional relationship somehow. And uh, with MedAngel, we give the medication, insulin, in my case, um, a voice, a way to interact, 
Um, the solution is, consists of two parts, a hardware component, a smart sensor that is placed with the, the medication either on the go, the insulin I carry with me every day, or in the refrigerator, my stock. It continuously monitors the temperature and communicates with an app on my phone. All the magic happens on the app. It's um, very uh, well designed, I think, and what it does is with a single glance at it, you know if you're good to use it or not. And that's basically what we do. We eliminate the uncertainty about the storage and transport conditions of temperature-sensitive medications. And thus, we fix the um, relationship individual medication. I think that's pretty cool. So this is a portable device that stays at the right temperature, so you don't have to worry about it. You're absolutely right. So it, it's basically a smart sensor that is um, very small and elegant and you place it with the medications and it communicates with your iPhone or with your smartphone in the background. And every time there's a problem, you get an alarm. And every time you need reassurance, you just check the app. I think that's so cool. So no need to worry about the temperature of that because you have a way to track it. Folks, if you, if you haven't checked it out, it's pretty cool. It's for sale here in the U.S. It's for sale in Europe. Uh, right now, Amin and his team are, are offering this to consumers. They're also working on, on offering this more broadly to populations through payers and providers and even employers. So excited to dive into this a little bit further with you. I mean, thanks for sharing that with the with the listeners. Sure. Thanks for giving us the stage. Hey, so so obviously the hot topic is chronic diseases and, and managing medication, but what would you say for the leaders listening to this podcast? What needs to be on their agenda today? I think what I'm going to mention is already on their agenda, it's on everyone's agenda, and it's been for a couple of years. Uh, the billion dollar or the hundred billion dollar question is how to make it work or how to make it happen. And that's basically the fact that every single aspect of our lives is now digital or in a way digital. So the way entertainment, think of how we listen to music or how we watch shows, how we shop, how we do our finances or banking, how we travel, book accommodation, how we meet other people, how we stay in touch with our loved ones. It all go, it is all digital today. It's made possible by these tiny supercomputers that are sitting in our pockets and they're permanently connected to the internet and are packed with sensors. And the only or the last field or the last industry that uh, did not catch up is uh, health. Yes. So in a way that's alarming, but in, on the other hand, there's a huge opportunity. I think for us as individual and as a society, it is extremely urgent to bridge this gap and to bring the health care and the health uh, industry as a whole in the digital age. Yeah, I think I think that's really great, you know, and, and as we as we take a look at these digital advances, I mean, let's face it, you know, in healthcare, I've had several guests here talk about the real innovation in healthcare is actually implementation because yeah. we've got so many advances, we just got to figure out how to put them to use. Yeah, yeah, and, and so it's a really funny, funny industry because well, I come from another corner, right? I come from consumer electronics, I come from IT startups, right? So uh, for right. me, 
discovering this like behind the curtains as a non as someone who who sees behind the curtain that just consumes uh, health services was a massive surprise the number of parties involved in the tiniest health related action is huge and the amount of politics around it is massive just think about uh, prescribing a simple Uh, medication. So the person who prescribes the medication is different than the person who dispenses it, is different than the person who uses it, consumes it, is different than the person who produces it, and is different from the person who pays for it or the party that pays for it. So if you try to put down on a piece of paper on a whiteboard the simplest action in this space, you end up with a very, very complex landscape. And, it, and for someone like me, who comes from a completely different corner of the economy, that was really impressive. Yeah, no, it's a, it's a good call out. I mean, and, you know, one of the things that I love about having leaders like you that come from different uh, backgrounds is that you really kind of force the discussion about how much we need to simplify what we do in healthcare. And so it's wonderful whenever we have uh, leaders come in with outside experiences because you force healthcare leaders that are traditional to this space to think outside the box. And so as we consider this, what would you say today, uh, some stories that you have that have helped your organization improve outcomes by thinking differently? Um, well, it's very simple. We think differently because that's how we think. We didn't think, uh, uh, okay, what's the what's being done and let's try something else. We started from scratch. So what we did, we, we did not really invent anything new. We just took ready, readily available technology and we did a lot of work researching all aspects of it, medical aspect, clinical aspect, business aspect, design aspect. We did a lot of design work. And the result of this is a a very clean, distillated user experience that fits in the, let's say, everyday routine of people who use it. And it solves a massive problem for them. So the thing is, if you try to reinvent a lot of stuff, the barriers to adoptions are high. So I think the key is to go for shortcuts, for clever ways of ensuring adoption. And that's by not changing people's word, just to become part of it. So what we do is something that requires a very, very little action from our users. And at the same time, it reduces uh, a major amounts of anxiety, uncertainty, and financial waste. I think it's key to approach problems from this angle. I can give you an example that's outside uh, MedAngel as well, and that's the way people think, uh, or some uh, economies, societies think about uh, taking electronic health records to the digital age, let's say. And the, yes. the biggest problem is they think, how can we do something that we used to do on paper or with pen and paper to software? And the thing is, if you think that way, you're already lost. You need to think, what can software do for me? How can I think that in, rethink the entire process? Why do I have to stick to something that was invented in the 1940s <laughs> and bring it to uh, to software? No, the way to think to rethink things from scratch requires requires really deep research. It requires challenging the status quo and thinking a lot of why not, right? So that's yep. how we operate. That's how, that's our philosophy at MedAngel, and that's what I urge really everyone to do it. Not necessarily as uh, the driving uh, business philosophy, but at least as an exercise. 
For sure. No, I think that's a great call out. I mean, and so as you've built this team, as you guys uh, have put forth the product into the market, it obviously hasn't come without mistakes or setbacks. Can you share one of those setbacks with our listeners and what you learned from it? Uh, let's see. <laughs> <laughs> I think I can talk for three days nonstop. <laughs> if I, yeah. if I, I mean, we wake up and we make mistakes, right? So that's what we do. They just have to be smart mistakes and not stupid mistakes. So let me think. If I had to pick up one, I wouldn't call it a mistake. I would call it a, a misjudgment or something that needed calibration. I think that we underestimated the effort and the cost and the time it takes to go to market with an innovative product. So being a product-driven founder, like product and the solution we make and how it works and how people interact with it uh, is at the center of my attention. I am obsessed with what I do, but uh, what I realized is that if you want to bring it to the masses, that's not even 5% of the work. Like having a ready product is not even 5% of the work. Uh, there's so much work that needs to be done to go to market, to achieve product market fit, to work on, make sure that people know about it, buy it, use it, don't stop using it. So I think we underestimated a lot uh, the effort it takes to educate the market, to go to market, to yeah, to develop the business at launch. In retrospective, I think I would have allocated three times or four times as much to these activities more than product development itself. But uh, I think it's very normal if you launch something so innovative, it takes a little bit of time. It takes a lot of patience and a lot of calibration to do it. You just need to look at the first two years of something like the iPod. So <laughs> I underestimated that, our team underestimated that, but uh, luckily we did a soft launch and we could recalibrate on time and raise enough investment to to fix this on time. So. At the end of the day, I don't think it was a big failure or mistake. It was just, let's say, reality check to recalibrate. So if I had to, or if I give an advice to anyone who's listening and you're launching an innovative product in a, in a market that not exist, right? So don't underestimate that. Be ready for a lot of recalibration. It's going to take time. And it's going to probably take more money than you think. And if you had to put a number on it, would you say two times more, three times more? Than my uh, than first, your estimate, uh, yeah, definitely fifty percent more, three x at least, three x. So there yeah. you have it, listeners. You know, and and we've heard this before from other entrepreneurs on the on yeah. the podcast. I mean, so definitely a good reminder, folks. You always have to make sure you think about this. It's going to take longer. It's going to cost more, especially in healthcare. So three x is the rule of thumb here, and plan for it. And obviously, resilience, right? I mean, I mean, and his team were resilient, they recalibrated, and they figured it out. And so congrats on getting over that hump, I mean, and now that you're over it, it's uh, on to the next challenges, right? Because there's always going to be challenges. Absolutely. Thanks for uh, the compliment, Sol. Uh, you're absolutely right. Resilience is extremely important to wake up every day and you think, do I keep doing this or do I stop? And it's a hard journey, but the reward is really very fulfilling. When you wake up one day and you read your emails and you have a user who writes back to you, hey, thank you so much. Thanks to your solution, we could save like a 
500 or a thousand dollars worth of medications in our fridge right on time before it broke or during our holidays and that's free money for our family or oh, yeah you read an email from a mother who says oh finally i understand why my kids uh, blood glucose is out of range all the time that's very very fulfilling then you think okay i'm gonna continue doing this today and tomorrow and next month and next year so yeah, we're not doing this just for the money, right? So health is really a hard space, hard market, but it's so fulfilling. Totally agree. I mean, totally agree. And what you're doing is super impactful. What would you say one of the proudest medical leadership moments you've had to date? Definitely, definitely the Life by Novo Nordisk Award uh, that we won in November 2017. That's a major achievement. It's recognition from the world's largest insulin manufacturer. And it's uh, the competition was fierce. It was like really high, high level startups it was eight players and when you win against such competition that's that's real recognition and to see that the community that recognizes that this is a real need that what we do is important that's priceless and that also opens doors for a startup that's hustling <laughs> its way right and so that was an amazing moment it was an amazing achievement and uh, the second one is uh, a very, very recent development. So I'm really proud to announce on this podcast that we are coming to retail in the USA with CVS. So our product, our solution will be available in uh, CVS pharmacies in uh, California. And Congratulations. Thank you very much. Uh, soon as a pilot before scaling up to the rest of the USA. And uh, it's really a major achievement because you have this idea in your head and you're hustling your way for three years and then you walk into the pharmacy and it's there, right? So that's, that's amazing. And uh, that is awesome, man. <laughs> our team is really proud of it. That's so cool. Congratulations to you guys. And, and you know, let's face it. I mean, what we're dealing with here, guys, is, is an opportunity for people to live more fulfilling lives without having to worry about their medications. If you, Absolutely. you know, if you go to medangel.co, they've got a blog and uh, I mean, some pretty cool stories here, folks. If uh, like, for instance, my, when my insulin froze under the burning Greek sun, summer yeah. holidays with diabetes, sea sun and insulin frozen stuck on an island that doesn't have your insulin, (laughs) right? These are very real stories. And what Amin and his team are doing are are helping people live more fulfilling lives by keeping this just so easy. So really awesome stuff here. I mean, what would you say a focus that your company is working on today that you're excited about? I think we reached a good validation in the consumer space. So we we decided to go the B2C route early on because we realized that uh, working with other businesses is slow. Sales cycles are extremely slow in, in, in health. It's just because that's how it is, right? So right. regulation and politics and business and it's just a very slow moving industry so what we decided is let's take advantage of the fact that our product is also a consumer product and we went full b2c 
and we were successful in, let's say, establishing ourselves in this space. The next also mainly positioned for uh, diabetes, um, so people living with diabetes. I think the next challenge for us is to scale this up to other conditions. So there is a number of chronic conditions that require using biologic injections, TNF inhibitors and other biologics. And um, these are extremely, extremely costly medications. Just to give you an example, 18 out of the top 50 best-selling meds in the world are temperature sensitive. Most of them are biologics. Maybe your listeners will recognize the best-selling drug of all times, Humira by Abvi. It's a blockbuster. It's a miracle drug. Most users who are on it love it. It changes their lives. But it also uh, generates $18 billion in sales a year. And that's free money. And if you cannot be sure at the moment of injection if your pen or your syringe will be effective or not, that's, uh, that's really bad. And we hear this a lot from our users who use Humira and, we, and other biologics. And so our next step is basically to bring MedAngel to other chronic conditions like rheumatoid arthritis, MS, inflammatory bowel diseases, Crohn, a number of growth disorders, and most importantly, to work with uh, providers, payers, and employers to bring this innovation to their customers or to their members. For example, what is really key or extremely important in having a, a solid B2C strategy or a solid consumer basis is that you prove that people see the value of this and that they are willing to pay for it. They're willing to bear the cost of this. And so it's really a, an advantage for payers when you go to them and not ask for full reimbursement, but for co-pay. And the outcome or the financial gain out of co-paying with the users is huge for all parties. So this is, this is our, our focus for the next 18 months, I would say. Super exciting. Love the business strategy and, and your approach. And it's, uh, it's working. So keep up the awesome work. Thank you. So, I mean, let's pretend you and I are building a medical leadership course on what it takes to be successful in medicine. It's the 101 or the ABCs of Amin Zayani. And so we're going to write out a syllabus here. I've got four questions for you, lightning round style. So quick answers on these, and then we'll follow up with your all-time favorite book. You ready? Okay. Yeah, I'm ready. All right. What's the best way to improve healthcare outcomes? It's very simple. It's to give people the power and the tools to manage their conditions. Uh, by that, you empower them. You basically re uh, reduce the time uh, required by HCPs to provide care. You reduce the cost for uh, the users and the payers. And most importantly, um, people are willing to take this responsibility. They have to take this responsibility. So if you want to improve uh, healthcare outcomes, give power and tools to the people and they will know how to use it. Trust me. Love it. What's the biggest mistake or pitfall to avoid? To keep a traditional mindset from 10, 20, 30 years ago and expect uh, uh, that things are going to change or be okay. So you've got to think outside the box. How do you stay relevant as an organization despite constant change? Well, it's very simple. Be change. If you are the constant change and, <laughs> and you are change, then you don't need to deal with change. So what's one area of focus that should drive everything in your company? 
uh, reaching product market fit. And because it summarizes all aspects of the business, it means that you reach the, that sweet spot of uh, the right business model, the right product, the right channels, the right user experience, and the right culture and team internally. So product market fit, that should be the true North metric. Beautiful. What book would you recommend to the listeners, I mean? Hands down, The Hard Thing About Hard Things by Ben Horowitz. Awesome. That one's been recommended before. What do you like about it? It's real, you know? It's not a, like, I read so many business books and management books and all sorts of things that give you advice and tell you how to work according to plan, but anyone who's been in the trenches, including you, Saul, and probably 90% of your listeners, know that once you're in, like you go out there to real work with a plan, two weeks later, that plan becomes irrelevant. And there's no <laughs> book that tells you how to deal with that. There is no book that tells you how to deal with That's that. So true. And this one is, it does, right? It's really, it's true. It's, um, there is no hot air in it. There is no trying to make the world look better. There is no theory. It's all practice. The guy has been there. He's been burned. He's honest. He's authentic. I love it. There is a chapter in it that's called The Struggle. I read it probably more than 60 times. Um, wow. It's amazing. I, I recommend it to everyone who listens. What a great recommendation. And thank you for that summary. Before we conclude, I mean, this has been so much fun. Really, uh, really appreciate your insights and, uh, and sharing your stories and just the tidbits that, you know, that went into your struggles and also your team's successes. Uh, it's been a really fun episode. Can you just share a closing thought with the listeners and then the best place that they could get in touch with you or follow you? Sure. So the best place is very easy. It's medage.co. We have a, a number of channels. They can contact me and my team directly. I read everything. I see everything. It just, if you want to contact me, any channel will do. But uh, <laughs> a, closing, yeah, a closing thought is we're very committed. We have a very clear vision and we're very committed and we want to bring peace of mind and we want to bring, we want to take uncertainty away and we want to reduce the cost of care and we want better lives or for people who live with chronic conditions. And if you are a provider or an insurer or a, an employer, any kind of whatever your profession or your position is, that if you think that anything I said resonates with you or if you think that we, there is, we have common interest, please reach out to me and to my team. And I'm very, very much looking forward to interacting with you and to drive change in healthcare. I mean, thanks so much. Listeners, take I mean, up for this invitation. If something that he said or that him and his team are doing resonate with your goals and what you guys are working to improve health outcomes for your patients and your populations, please reach out to him. Just go to outcomesrocket.health slash medangel, M-E-D-A-N-G-E-L. And you're going to find all the show notes and links of, of the transcript and all the contact channels for Amin on that, outcomesrocket.health slash medangel. So Amin, just want to say a big thanks, my friend. Super thankful that you made time for us today and excited for the journey that you and your team have embarked on. Stay in touch. It's my pleasure. So thank you so much for the invitation and I will definitely stay in touch. Thanks for tuning in to the Outcomes Rocket Podcast. If you want the show notes, inspiration, transcripts, and everything that we talked about on this episode, just go to outcomesrocket.health. 
And again, don't forget to check out the amazing Healthcare Thinkathon, where you can get together to form the blueprint for the future of healthcare. You can find more information on that and how to get involved in our theme, which is implementation is innovation. Just go to outcomesrocket.health slash conference. That's outcomesrocket.health slash conference. Be one of the 200 that will participate. Looking forward to seeing you there.